This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fit. There we go. Oh, he does it again. Welcome back to the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lure. I'm your producer, Britton Ransford, and with me again is Richie and Bobby. Uh, this is take two. We uh, just we just explained everything we were going to do in this entire podcast. The producer didn't press the record button. <laughs> so uh, we're primed up, ready to give you a great show twice today. <laughs> and uh, well, That just means we get to drink more special oh, coffee. More special coffee. We, we can jump right into that. How's the special coffee today? It's fantastic. Super special. We have, yeah. uh, we're working on something special coffee-wise. Yeah, uh, we're not going to tell you quite yet. Yeah, we're a few weeks away from that, but it will involve the listener. Yes, and, and uh, the special coffee is special. It's very special. Very special. And, and we're going to get you guys involved, you the listener. Yep. So um, look forward to that in a few weeks. Um, we just got back from quite a bit of time on the road, so we've been kind of sporadic with the podcast. We're going to get back into a regular st- schedule here. Schedule. But, uh, schedule. Schedule? No, we're not. Schedule. We're not See, the special coffee is great. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not English. So we are going to skip right forward to what we've been doing the last few weeks, which is at the show. At the shows. And uh, we were in Puyallup three, four weeks ago. Then we had a week off. And then we spent a long week in uh, Portland, which was an awesome show. And a mm-hmm. uh, lot of people. A lot of people. We've been kind of cranky with each other, but we're getting over that now. Yeah, we've been stuck. Well, we've had we've a whole week to, to we, semi-recover. I mean, the, to, the amount of people that were down there was just phenomenal. Yeah. Just phenomenal. A lot they, of folks. They, yeah. A lot, lot of listeners. Hey, the podcast listeners were great. Hey, I the mean, we 10 had people, people that up, listen yeah. came and visited us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was beautiful. You know, we want to just thank everyone who's listening to the podcast. And for coming by and telling us that you are listening. That was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. And, and uh, I was mentioning before in take one that... We had, <laughs> we, we had about, uh, between the two shows, Puyallup and Portland, we, we probably had, you know, close to 600 transactions. Yeah. And, which means we talked to well over 1,000 people. Oh, you know, yeah. Came by and visited with us and everything. So we very, very much appreciate you coming out and supporting our products and talking to us. Yeah, I sold zero. I, did, I sold a couple you beanies didn't. and some hats. <laughs> Wait a minute, what it. was a donut thing, the, though? It yeah, was yeah. the day-old donut that it, it, did it. Yeah, if you were lucky enough to come by the booth, if you signed up for the Mac Attack, <laughs> you got to take a free spin at uh, the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, uh, you could win like 10% off decals, uh, mosquito bands, $5 gift cards, all sorts of stuff. But we were running out of stuff to give out on Sunday, and we had a bunch of day-old leftover donuts. And so we threw those on there and got rid of every single one people landed on that. One out of 14 chance, and it was <laughs> that, like a madness. That first little girl that came up, she's looking at that kind of apprehensive. No, 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 you won that donut. Yeah, you better take you gotta it. you got to take it. Well, so, now, look, it's a donut. What difference does it make if it's a day old or 10 days old? It's still, well, the, the, it's still a donut. They, they were actually they had pretty good because we already ate one. It was a day old. Yeah. They're, they're still very good. Yeah. Yeah. So we got rid of the donuts. Um, it was a good show. Talked to a lot of people. Saw everyone's fish they caught over the last you know year mm-hmm. or so on Maxler products. And 
Um, we don't we don't sell out of the booth. We're just displaying for the retailers. So up in Portland, we displayed for uh, Sportco down in George. Down in well, did I say Portland? You up said in, Portland. In Puyallup, oh, it was Puyallup. at Sportco, and then down oh, in Portland, it was uh, Fisherman's Marine and Gorge Outfitters. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, people were buying, walking around, had a lot of conversations, you know, and you learn a lot from other people not because we just sit there and talk about our product. Right. But we learned quite a bit. Well, I sure. learned quite a bit just talking to people, what they were doing with, you know, different components that we sell. And it was really cool. I'm going to tell you what, you know, talking to people, everybody's got a different idea on, on how to use product on what they do, how they do things. And even though we had, you know, the one individual that came in and said, hey, you know, I, those smile blades, I don't use those. I, I tried them once. They didn't work at all. But I make this thing myself, you know, blah, blah, blah. Other than that, most everybody was extremely positive and, and was really excited about the different things that, that we do at Max Lure. But you can always gain a lot of information from people on what they do, how they use products, mm-hmm. how they catch fish. Right. And, you know, and, and, and we've talked about it before. Every, everything is, is relative to the individual of whether or not it's a good day of fishing, a bad day of fishing, uh, understanding what, what they feel. You know, a good day of fishing to one guy is, is going out and just being on the water. That's mm-hmm. a great day of fishing for, mm-hmm. for that individual versus me on the other end of the spectrum. I need you. to sterilize a lake <laughs> that, you know, I, I'm in the volume. I, I'm in the volume, so <laughs> it's, it's definitely one in the volume. But. Absolutely. So you know, understanding what that individual's uh, premise is for going out and and doing what they do, you know that that's the whole idea of, of what you're doing there at the show. That's where yeah. you gain information right. for everything. You know, whether it's creating new products or or tweaking something to accommodate uh, what they are doing. And that, you know, I, I enjoy that. I mean, I've, I've done this for like 38 years. Except for you were a little cranky because they were fishing and you weren't. Well, that was pretty much a given because, you know, <laughs> having to be in the booth for 10 hours a day. And, you know, these guys are all telling me, how, oh, man, I went out yesterday and oh, yeah. I blah, 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 you know. And I said, oh, that's really good. That's really know, nice. Since, since I was in here for 10 hours talking to somebody about, you know, fishing and but no, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy the shows and, and dealing with, with the public. Because like I said, you know, Britain just brought it up a few minutes ago. You gain a lot of information. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, we're going to go try a whole bunch of stuff that we learned from people stopping by the booth. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Yep. yep. Um, one of the things that was uh, a big talking point at both the shows was uh, – the new kokanee and walleye rods yeah people were excited about those and you know get actually feel it in their hands and um, well, yeah and somebody you know. went out fishing and mm-hmm. got did. some video on it so yeah, yeah. bobby was a little so so richie's yeah. the only one who actually fishes out of the three of us um <laughs> since well, bobby I... turned 70 he's kind of gone into retirement <laughs> all phases of the fishing oh, industry. oh my god Here and uh and, and i go. just i just don't get invited anywhere so um <laughs> But Richie did get out on the water, so we have something to talk about. Yeah, I, I got out a little bit at Lake Roosevelt because I wanted to make you know a little promotional video for the new new rods, so people could see what they look like and how they work. And and Bobby was going to go, and I said, "Don't worry about it. I'm just going to go out." Oh for yeah, a couple don't hours. worry about it. Just for a little bit, you know. And then I ended he up goes going out for, for three quarters of a day. Yeah, well, I ended up going out for like six hours. But the, <laughs> we uh, were trying to get. I, I had things I wanted to. Film, you know, so I wanted to take down. I mean, right? You want to, sure. and so 
when bites are kind of far and a few bit, between. A bit. Yeah, yeah. You set the camera down, and then you're like, all of a sudden, you realize you're bit. By the time you pick the camera up, get it back on, turn it over there, it's like, oh crap, it's gone. I bet I missed six or seven fish that way. <laughs> I was just trying to get. I was either flying the drone or I was trying to get the takedown, and so we actually got bit a lot the first part of the time we're out there and eventually i got everything i wanted and then right at the end we i'm like all right got everything i wanted to get except for sure be nice if we get a fish and we're headed to the dock and i told vicky i go this is last chance point right here it's like either gonna happen here or not and i put on a uh, orange wally pop there you go baby orange wally pop because, you know, who can yeah. resist a Wally Pop? And, uh, exactly. And went past that point, got a really nice big trout. So we got that on film. I was like, Last yes. chance holes are awesome. By the way, you can get a 20% off uh, Wally Pops at maxler.com with code <laughs> POPX20 right now through the end of the month. <laughs> oh, he just had to throw that in there. Boy, that was like... Hey, so we, we don't want to be like this shove product in your face thing, but I have to do my job in a little bit to kind of justifies up here drinking special coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is that. There is that part. There is that part. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's the only fishing I've really done. I, I've oh, been yeah. like you guys. Have you watching. done any, Britain? Uh, I, I no, haven't done any. I only fish with you guys. So yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to go up to Lake Wenatchee and get a last ice fishing trip in, but... The weather was like 50 degrees, and so I drove to Desert Air and went golfing. Oh, God, he's got to get the golfing oh, in. Oh, my no God. Oh, jeez. Oh, well, we've canceled a couple trips because it's been butt cold. Yeah, we were going to go on Wednesday down with Jaime to uh, fish the lower Columbia. And, um, Man. It's supposed to be like 12 degrees on Wednesday with like a negative two wind chill. So Forget that business because no. Bobby is 70 now. I'm, and I'm too old, too, <laughs> for that. What do you guys come up with oh, this 70 oh, shit? Oh, okay, maybe it's I mean, 60. Oh, 60. maybe it's 60. 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like well, I learned in the last uh, recording of this exact same podcast that we might be fishing next week. Yes, yeah. We're going to – well, yeah. we're going to try to, yeah. If the weather holds for us, we're – gonna go to lake roosevelt and hope to film a show uh kokanee and trout we'll see yep. how it goes huh i've never caught a lake roosevelt kokanee oh you haven't i've fished lake roosevelt extensively i've caught hundreds and hundreds of walleye out of there and tons of trout but i've never even pulled the downriggers out of there well let's hope that we break that well guess trend. what yeah what, what? i've gone twice yeah normally it's just special coffee all morning and then back to the dog <laughs> Back in the Lance you, days. You, you, you remember that last time we went out with Lance? Oh, Bobby, gee whiz. <laughs> Take the cap and throw it overboard? I, I finally looked at Richie and go, can you go in a straight line on this? On this? <laughs> Look, I was operating the boat. I was not drinking. Oh, that's right. Okay. No, we're all, we're all by the code and you responsible. Betcha. Always. Always. <laughs> Please practice safe. And it, and, it was, and it was cold. It was that cold. Was, that was about the last time that I fished in like negative temperature well we went in other than cascade well look when oh, we well, went that's yeah. been okay. it's right there okay. it's on it's on that picture here in headquarters up on the wall yeah because there's lance holding a big trout that he got yeah but lance has got a lot of real estate on your wall right now i know he does well it's an old sign anyway um <laughs> he he uh when we went when we left here it was really cold i mean even in Wenatchee, it was like 10 yeah but when we arrived at lake roosevelt it was four yeah and we launched and, and the boat. And it was blowing about 10 to 15. It was so cold. Oh. And we were just, you couldn't make the boat go But you guys were line. just young whippersnappers back then. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that was a whole, you know, six years ago or longer. It Somewhere. was, I, I, I got here in like six years ago and I remember that because I was just the noob in the office. I wasn't yeah. allowed to fish. I was just a digital technologies coordinator. <laughs> did he, did he just make up some shit? I think he did. <laughs> that was what my, that was what the job application said. <laughs> How's that worked out for you? Yeah. It was great. I, uh, <laughs> I just sit in the office and Photoshop stuff yeah. I make fish bigger. We we let him, <laughs> we're starting we're starting to let him go fishing a little bit now a little bit. Um, <laughs> so today on the podcast we have uh, a guest and uh, the guest is uh, Michelle Harrod, Richie's daughter. Yeah, and uh, Richie's going to tell you what she's going to be talking about. We'll uh, jump into that and then uh, yeah. Well, we're going to switch gears a little bit because we're we've been talking fishing, but actually what Michelle and I talked about here a while back was. Uh, getting women started in the outdoors and kind of her perspective on that she's been deer hunting with me since she was you know like 11 12 years old and so I kind of thought it'd be interesting just to hear from her what her perspective is about being a a young woman and and doing that kind of stuff and and it is a large part of the industry that's really growing women in the outdoors and so uh, the whole conversation with her is about hunting and camping and perfect well uh we're going to get into that here right yeah, after the break. I have what she has to say. Introducing the Northwest Outdoorsman Trout and Coking Rod. Our two-piece, eight-foot-six, ultralight coking rod is the perfect rod for catching coking with a light bite or catching big fish with enough strength to land them. Use the coupon code SHOWS at checkout for a 10% discount at HerodOutdoors.com. Today we're going to talk about getting women into the outdoors. This is my daughter, Michelle Herod. We're going to talk about the show that featured Michelle, A Buck Worth Waiting For. And you can find that on our YouTube channel. So again, today we're going to talk about all all things about getting women in the outdoors. And we're going to talk about deer hunting. We have uh, several, several other topics we're going to talk about. I thought it might be worthwhile to start out and have a, you tell everyone how you got started. How did the heck how did, did you get started? How did you get started? In <laughs> well, the hunting in the outdoors. Well, my entire family obviously hunts and fishes, and I've been around it since I was really, really little. Um, when I was actually, I think, 12, I took my first hunter safety course um, mm-hmm. with a good friend of ours, which was really fun to do. And then just shortly after that, we went duck hunting for the first time down in eastern Oregon, and then I just kind of stuck. Um, I love the outdoors and I love being outside, so hunting is a good thing for me. <laughs> I kind of think whether you're talking about a young girl or a, a woman who wants to get into the outdoors for the first time, I think some of the things are really the same as what we talked about with getting kids started. Partly it needs to be of interest and fun for them, and the first few experiences need to be good ones, or they need to be something that's very memorable. And, you know, Michelle kind of talked about some of her first experiences. I remember when she sh- shot that first duck. Yeah, I remember that was really that. exciting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And she was the only one that shot, too. It was, yeah. it was legit. I mean, she... It was actually mine. She jumped up and <laughs> yeah. shot, and it went down, and we were all excited for her, and she was, too. You know, I think those are the kinds of things that stick with you. It was very, very cold on that day. It was probably, you know, right around 10 degrees or zero. So... You know, we weren't down there a long time, but it was a memorable experience. And I think if you're a, a young woman wanting to get into the outdoors and do this, that's um, you know some of the things you need to think about is, can it be for you? Can it be comfortable? And I, I think that's those are some good things to think about. 
What do you think about that? Yeah, that, that's true. Um, the one thing I remember when I was little was hot cocoa was always my motivation. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you always got to have a little treat to keep you distracted. Yeah. And then it, it's fun once you have that little cozy thing to keep you at comfort. And So, you know, I think if a young person was trying to get started in especially hunting, the question you might have is, what? I don't really want to kill anything because let's be, let's face it, you know, when we go hunting, we're out to kill something. We're harvesting game and we're going to bring it back to, uh, to prepare for our table. So yeah. what about the killing part for you? Did that ever bother you? Um, since I grew up around it, for me, it wasn't such a big deal, but I know a lot of people, especially this day and age, don't like that whole fact. Um, of killing an animal. It doesn't sound very humane and it's not very nice in general. Um, the one thing that for me now justifies it is that I'm not spending a bunch of time buying meat at the grocery store, which is the biggest thing for me personally. Um, you have one animal and you can feed yourself for a year for a whole family. So that's a big thing. Instead of hundreds of animals, I just, I just eat the game that we hunt. I think people don't realize how good and healthy yeah. wild game meat is for you. I mean, you know, and I grew up on a ranch and we had cattle and, and the cattle that we raised were very healthy mm -hmm. animals as well. And, but when you start thinking about the kinds of meat that you find in your grocery store, you don't know who handled it. Uh, it may be perfectly fine. The, the uh, beef industry does a great job but uh, when it really comes down to all kinds of meat that you might find in your market, you're not really yeah. sure. And, and I don't really like, personally, like the fact that so many people handled mm -hmm. that meat to my table. Yeah. So like when Michelle and I go hunting, we know exactly who handled that uh, healthy meat that we harvested in the field. And so to me, hunting is yeah. really, uh, there's, there's a lot of things about it, but one of the things is, you know, being able to eat that, that meat. Yeah. I mean, so and, good for you. And I know everybody's all about the organic and natural. And if you think about it, it's the most organic thing you can get. Yeah. They have never touched any pesticides. They've never gone through any processing plants. They've never been fed corn or all these things that right. um, could be potentially harmful to humans. Um, and so I think that's really awesome that it's like the most natural thing you could do. If you think about it that way, taking an animal's life, if you've never done that before and you're mm -hmm. th contemplating going hunting, that might be uh, challenging, yeah. but really it's part of the process. So you become really part of nature. Yeah. And for thousands and thousands of years, that's what we did. We, we harvested our own meat, we collected our own plants. And so, so nothing is really more natural than, than doing that. So, you know, don't be afraid, I yeah. guess, yeah. of wanting to get into it. And what you're gonna find is there's just a lot of challenge to it. Um, it's very rewarding and Obviously, it's really good to eat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, good steak. That's, that's what we like. You know, yeah. we, we mentioned that one of the things we wanted to do in this episode was tell a few stories from a buck worth waiting for. One of the full episodes of the Northwest Outdoorsman, that's the television, one of the television shows that we produce. And it tells a story of Michelle um, hunting for deer, which she's done since she's 12. but having a real struggle yeah. getting one. <laughs> Throughout the years, it <laughs> hasn't been too um, lucky or nothing really went my way until um, October of 2016. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and that's one other thing I mentioned before about getting a young person or a young woman involved in the outdoors is, you know, having some success. And if you go for years and you don't have any success, you can become discouraged. Yeah, it's a little discouraging, <laughs> and, but... Um, and not want to, yeah. you know, not want to do it. Yeah, but... Know. 
the being outside is worth it as well. So every year I look forward to doing that. I'm going camping in the woods, not just at a campsite, at a state park. That's awesome being outside at a real spot in the woods um, and spending time hiking around, not just on a trail, which I love to do, but um, you're actually just wandering through the forest and with really no specific spot to go, just go find your meat. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah, she shot her first deer when she was 12 years old and it was kind of a neat hunt. She got a, a young whitetail buck. We had a friend up in the Methow Valley, which is north of us here, who had some property and he had a lot of whitetail deer and he's wanting to manage the numbers, you know, get the numbers of deer down. And so he said, you can come up there and it was legal for us to shoot any any deer, yeah, any deer, any white tailed deer for sure, and we sat yeah. up on the edge of a hillside, kind a little, of on the little ravine. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and Michelle scattered across. Yeah, yeah. shot her first deer. It was kind of small, but you it know, so fun. It, it was really yeah. fun, and it didn't really matter what its size was. It was yeah. it was all about the experience again, it's harvesting that animal for the first time, and like and the pepperoni. Hey, I got that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then we turned it in pepperoni, yeah, and she always liked thing. that. Yeah. That was Michelle's favorite yeah. thing. <laughs> Always about the pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> but we went hunting a few times more. Yeah. She got, I got a, another doe. Yeah, I got a doe one time, and then I got. Um, and then you got a three-point three book, book which we talk about in the show. And yeah. you'll see a little bit of that in the show when you watch. We yeah. talk about when she gets the three-point buck. But the the mm -hmm. doe that she got, we don't have any video for that again. That was long enough ago with a terrible little camera, yeah. so it wasn't <laughs> yeah. that great. Uh, but but after that, she kind of had a dry spell and yeah. she was off to college and so this whole story about this episode is her kind of persevering over the years yeah. to finally get a we've buck been, really worth waiting yeah, for. Yeah and we even tried in college we tried a whole new land too yeah. um, up in the wet side of the mountains or what side of the state which was really different for us we don't hunt over there a lot mm -hmm. um, so the weather was really challenging and over here there's a lot of really good land to hunt um, it's not as public land. yeah public land and it's not um, as dense as it was over there so that was a really different aspect of yeah. it too. So it, it makes it more challenging. Yeah. It's a different way of hunting and you've got to learn more about game movement and be in those openings and sort of wait. And yeah. the way we hunt is we spot and stock and we like to cover a lot of ground yeah. and so that's you know that's the way that yeah you've over there up help, yeah you know, exactly hunting. and over there was a little different. You don't do as much of that. It's, no yeah no you don't you do much of that at <laughs> yeah, all. You can't and can't go bushwhacking yeah. off into the woods or anywhere. So, you know, in each one of these places that we hunted, except for when we were in Bellingham, because mm -hmm. we stayed at your little apartment yeah. where you were in college, but we always set up camp. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe, again, another one of those experiences about getting young people, especially young women into the outdoors is the comfort, yeah. the camp, the experience. Don't yeah. you like that it's part? Mainly the comfort. It's nice being in a place that's gonna be warm and dry at the end of the day. If it's all wet and cold, it's nice to have that, um, that reward at the end of the night. And just a place to be and not be in the weather is nice. <laughs> yeah, we always use, uh, we have a 10 by 12 wall tent, canvas wall tent, and that's what I use a lot for mm -hmm. when we rifle hunt, whether we're in Wyoming hunting antelope or if we're you know, deer hunting in this yeah. rifle season. And you know, one of the things we really do enjoy doing is putting stuff on our back and heading to the, to the high country. But in this case, when we rifle hunt, we like to set up the wall tent. And the wall tent, if you rifle hunt or, yeah. or you know, hunt out of your car, you probably have done that yourself. And it's a great experience. You know, you're kind of setting up the home away from yeah. home. It's like a home base. And then <laughs> you spend the days going off into new spots and checking them out every day. So you got, you got your little home there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> our wall tent has a 
metal conduit frame, then the canvas goes over the top of it. And then on the floor, on the ground, we have an oiled canvas that we put down. And that really kind of helps the dust from there being a lot of dust. And then on top of that oiled canvas, we have some rugs, some yeah. old rugs that we put down. Yeah. And then we have our cots and some tables, a propane heater that we put in there, one that goes on a five gallon bottle. Yeah. And that makes it really, really nice. nice. We, like, we can keep it 65 degrees yeah. in there, even on a very cold yeah. day. It's like a kind of a more rustic version of having a trailer out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. But you all maybe have different ways of doing it. Or if you've never done this before, it's kind of fun to think about, all right, how can I improve my little shanty? Yeah, you know? yeah. And then yeah. put, you know, I kind of got to the point where I had rugs everywhere, so you could even take your shoes off and just walk, walk around. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like being in the house. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> and then the cots, of course, and kind of nice having a bed where you insulation down underneath yeah. you, your sleeping bag. All and your stuff and your gear. All your stuff and your gear yeah. can go underneath and the place to hang things. Yeah. And it's know. nice not being directly on the ground as yeah. well because the ground gets cold and you get those drafts from underneath the tent. So it's nice to be elevated a little bit. So one of the things we really enjoy is this, uh, and that's part of that experience experience and I think that if you're thinking about getting in this for the first time into this the first time then you know that's one of the things that you're really going to enjoy I think is the camp you know yeah. setting up and if it's safe to do so in October and you can have a campfire that adds more to the experience yeah. so one of the things we like to do what I started doing with Michelle when she was young is I'd make uh, chicken mm -hmm. thighs or hamburgers yeah. over the open campfire yeah. And it adds, yeah, it just adds it so much flavor and yeah. um, it's another really great aspect of being able to be outside but still have that coziness of the house and the fire and yeah. stuff. The camp, I think, is, is a lot of fun and mm -hmm. it's part of that experience. And in this show, you'll see us putting up camp in, in several locations. We had a really nice place at Lake Chelan oh, yeah. and nice. the one place um, uh, up the Inyat Valley mm -hmm. that we had uh, a camp. And, and finally, when you did get your deer, we were hunting out of home. Yeah. But we went all these okay. different places. We yeah. were in the Met. We've been in the Met Hall before, and and all around. So it's. Uh, I, th I think that's part of the experience that you all would would like a lot. So, what are the kinds of things a young woman would want to make sure they bring to camp that might be different than the guy? Um, face wipes. Let me tell you that. Um, you will be covered in dirt, and that's like one of my comforts is to be able to get back to the tent and wipe my face off, so I'm not like just plastered in dirt. I don't know. I always like to bring my own pillow and my own blanket, just a little bit more of my myself there. Mm -hmm. um, I always do that. Sort of anything that, yeah. that you could bring of... along that makes you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Growing up on a ranch, uh, firefighting all my life, you know, it's just, I don't care if I'm in the dirt. Yeah. So See, girls are a little different. Like, girls are a little different. I can handle it throughout the day, but at nighttime I still like to get the dirt off yeah. me <laughs> before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, Michelle, Michelle does great. She yeah. doesn't worry about most of that stuff, no. but I, I know maybe you were wondering about it, and so those are the kinds of things yeah, you Yeah, that's kind of the only thing that I always make sure that I always have with me. Mm -hmm. The other stuff, eh, clothes, obviously, extra socks, obviously, yeah. stuff like that. The um, normal thing. The normal right, stuff, right. yeah. Maybe you're concerned about, geez, going to the bathroom in the woods mm -hmm. or whatever. It's not that big a deal. We just usually take a shovel, create a hole someplace, and then we can, or just individual holes and cover those mm -hmm. up so you're not scattering toilet paper all over the woods. So anyway, that camp is, is a lot of fun and we really enjoy that. And, and again, on this hunt, you'll see us put those tents up and, and enjoying ourselves yeah. out in the wood. Chicken by the fire. Chicken by, <laughs> chicken by the fire, all that kind of stuff. The year that she got her buck was pretty special because mm -hmm. it ended up being a, a big deer. Yeah. 
I mean, you got a really nice buck. Yeah. We talk about through the course of the episode, all the events leading up to when she finally shoots the buck. But the one thing you're going to see in that show is that you got a little bit of buck yeah. fever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what, I mean, what would you say, what is buck Never fever? Never been that nervous in my life. <laughs> you're trying to describe to someone what um, buck fever is. Buck fever is when you finally see that deer in front of you through your scope and you actually realize like there's a really big deer in front of your scope and like, oh my gosh, this is the moment. Yeah. And you do everything you can to not panic, but it's really hard not to panic. <laughs> I panicked a lot. Um, for me, um, so next your heart, time... Your heart rate gets way yeah, up. Yeah, your heart rate gets way up. You start breathing. You're kind of like panting almost. Like you're anxious. You're kind of shaky. My arms shake quite a bit. So I like to use um, a shooting stick to help without shaking because I, I always do that. Um, mm -hmm. Buck fever happens to the best of us. And yeah. I think the thing about this particular one is she's been around a lot of deer. Yeah. But this was a big yeah. buck. This is a really big buck and you get excited. Yeah. It's probably the biggest one that I've seen yeah. um, actually that close up. I've seen, you know, there's tons around this area, but nothing quite that big. Your nerves really get you and you get excited and you do shake. Yeah. And I think when you shake and you get rushed, then that's when you have some issues with shooting. And so that's what happened. You're very yeah. first shot. Yeah, that's no good. <laughs> and in probably the video, you'll, you'll see if yeah. you watch closely, the the bullet goes like right, right in under front his of neck, yeah. right under his neck. So she shot a little right, well, quite a ways right. Yeah. I think she was, what, what he, the buck was probably 200, yeah, about 200 about yards. About 200, yeah, maybe a little so, further than so that. Not, so not too bad or pretty close, but she shot, you know, right quite a ways. Yeah, quite a bit. So she talked about a shooting stick. Now yeah. you have just a, uh, like a mono. Stick. Yes, that one I use just um, a single stick with a nice mm -hmm. little rest on the top for my gun. Um, and I like that a lot. It really helps me stabilize. Once I get really nervous, I start to shake quite a bit um, and be able to put some of the weight of my gun on that stick and be able to like really yeah. focus down and pull that gun in tight so I stop shaking. Um, it helps me a lot, yeah, like quite a bit sure. <laughs> actually. And, and now they're making these same sticks with three legs, mm -hmm. so they're tripods and those are really nice. You know, one of the things we want to talk about a little bit is how do you combat this whole, this whole nervousness. For me, it's just making sure that I like breathe deep and like take slow inhales and slow exhales to really exactly. calm my own, calm my body yeah. um, and calm my mental state. That's a huge thing is honestly just how you breathe. I do a lot of yoga, so that's one thing that I talk about is how to calm yourself is breathing. It's all about your breath. Yeah, when I first started bow hunting, I had this very same problem, so maybe it runs in the family. <laughs> Probably. But, you know, I, I missed a lot at some really close elk yeah. when I was first starting bow hunting, and, and that's what would happen. I would get so excited I wouldn't stay bared down on my knocking point. I would tend to look up, and then I would shoot high, mm -hmm. you know. And in this case, that's what she's talking about. You get nervous, and then you, you don't bear down and make your shot. And what worked for me was pick a spot and just think about shooting. I started not even looking yeah, at antlers, animals, yeah. not even looking at the animal. I just, I was a hunter, and then I try to teach myself to, to be the, the shooter, yeah. to be the shooter. And I think that's what you, if you can think about that for yourself, is you're the hunter, you got, you got yourself close, you finally got into range, mm -hmm. now be a shooter. Yeah. And so if you just can somehow in your mind mentally make that shift to, you know, looking at the spot, thinking about everything you need to do, whether mm -hmm. you, hunting with a bow or a rifle, become a shooter. Yeah. And ultimately you did. Yeah, eventually, <laughs> after a while. <laughs>
she had to run down the hillways and took some tries. That's okay. She got another angle, did hit the deer, and then ran back up to where I was at and had left her stick. So we ended up using my pack. Yeah, your pack actually, which yeah. was fine because I yeah. kind of got was able to get down and calm myself a little bit more when I was seated. Yeah. yeah, the last shot she made was a great shot, and down it went. But that's when the work begins. Yeah, that's when you got to go <laughs> chase it down into the bottom of the draw. So that's maybe another part for. A young person or a young woman getting to the into this is okay so you've become comfortable with harvesting game and the idea that you're going to take some great meat home mm -hmm. but then there's the field dressing part yeah. and you know a deer or an elk is a big animal there's you know can potentially yeah. be a lot of blood yeah. and if you're kind of squeamish about that then yeah. that's something else you have to think yeah, about exactly guts and stuff we don't um clean our animals like that we don't get into the guts but that is a messy part, let me tell you. <laughs> but it um, it, yeah. yeah, it can be. We've learned to clean it other ways so you don't get into that where it's not so messy and it's not so gory. Once you get past that first part, then it's, it's fine. What Michelle's talking about is we use a no-gut method and mm -hmm. just about everywhere that we hunt, that's what we do, regardless of where the animal is yeah. located. It's quicker and easier, cleaner in my opinion, just to uh, do it without gutting them. And when you do gut them, it's... Uh, it is very messy and, and you end up having a lot more weight to try to get out of the woods. So yeah. I've just come to that point where I don't do that and I can get them pretty clean. The only thing you don't get is the rib cage and I don't really care for, you know, getting home with that dried yeah. little strip of meat anyway. And yeah, that's not that great. Yeah, so that's about all that you don't get is the meat right off the rib cage. So meeting the requirements of all the state laws, you're still removing all the meat, you're not wasting anything, it's just a, a matter of how you field dress them. So one of the things yeah. that we do is, uh, because we don't gut them, or even if we did, we just carry a pair of rubber gloves with us, and those work great. You just yeah. put them on and, and it helps, helps you clean. Yeah, it helps clean and to make sure that um, the animal stays clean as well. You don't want like dirt in it, you don't want your grimy hands all in that, you don't want a bunch of hair in it. So. Yeah. It kind of helps it just overall be a lot clean, cleanlier. We got yours out. We had you loaded up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a lot. I had. You had the cape. Yeah, with the, the head. cape, the head, and two two legs on me. Yeah. <laughs> so she was kind of whoa. Yeah, standing up was challenging. That's why I invested in a really nice backpack yeah. because that was that was hard at first, but. Yeah. It was okay once we got down a little further. Yeah, it's a really great episode. I hope you watch it. I think you'd really like it and. I think, again, if you're a young woman thinking about getting into this, it might inspire you to get into the hunting and fishing. Um, you know, Michelle has done a great job and has learned a lot over the years, and, and it give you an opportunity to see, you know, you can do it too. And yeah. you learn so much about nature and everything around you that even if you don't get something, that's basically worth it um, to learn about how trees are and all these things and all the plants and all that kind of stuff but yeah it's yeah. A, it's a lot of fun to be outside and harvesting your own game is just sort of icing on the cake yeah, that's exactly. what i that's what i think so watch the episode a buck worth waiting for if you're a dad you're a husband a grandfather get your get your daughters out there mm -hmm. it's not as scary as you think some people when i talk about all that kind of stuff to them they're like well how can you go outside when you hike around you don't know where you're going well like you you learn, you learn. <laughs> you, one you have a gun with you so nothing's gonna really hurt you and you just learn and you go um, what, what's the worst that can happen really you enjoy it that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs>
yeah, but, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's neat to see stuff like that because of the fact that you know trying to get more more people involved with mm-hmm. with what what is our livelihood, what we enjoy. Right. You know, I I, I always joke about it, but it's true. You know, I got into the fishing industry to support my hunting habit. Right. Exactly. You know, it, it it's <laughs> something that I absolutely love. You know, where where Michelle really really enjoys it. You know, on the converse of that, Kimberly. I got her a tag one year. She went out. She shot a deer. She wouldn't let me touch the animal. Right. She pulled everything around, moved everything around, gutted the animal, and of course, with Kimberly, she had to, you know, go Identify through the whole, the, yeah, yeah, go through the whole stomach, you know, and see what's what, and and you know, poking at this and pointing at that. What's this? What's that? You know, and, and that great. that she really enjoyed yeah, is cool. understanding what what she was doing. I had to help her get it up on the back of the four-wheeler, right. but we got it on the four-wheeler, took it out, uh, took it, hung it up. She wouldn't let me touch it again. She well, skinned. You're supposed to be guarding the truck. No, no. <laughs> this, 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 or this, the four-wheeler this, yeah, th- yeah. This was a few years ago, so I, I was, you know, still active and and, but she she <laughs> wanted to skin the whole thing and you know cut the whole thing up, and she finally turned around and looked at me and she goes, "I'm done." You know, yeah. I, I, I wanted to learn, wanted to do it, wanted to understand what, what it is you do. Uh, it, it's not something that uh, I really want to do. Right. You know, it, it, it didn't really excite her like it excites you and I. You know, it's like Michelle said, don't be afraid to try it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I could use a little bit of that. Yeah, you should, <laughs> you should just try it. I mean, that's the whole thing. Just I've get tried out, it. Get out there and try, and uh, you might find out, like her, you yeah. know, it's become very much her passion as well. So Absolutely. I think it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Just get out there and try it if you thought you want to do it. I, our industry can, can use that kind of support, and I think it's important. Well, yeah. I just like being out there. So I've gone hunting quite a yeah. bit, and I've you know, you just had a bunch of you know, deer openers and done all that. I just haven't gone on a deer yet. But some of my favorite times just being out there is, you know, when the sun's rising and everything's just waking up and just chilling. I mean, there, there's, there's nothing like that, that, you know, being at, uh, six or 7,000 feet and the sun starting to come up in the East yeah. and, and, you know, you, you get that it, it's absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. It, it's very serene. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're up there, you're up there where not many people ever go. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a neat, a neat feeling, you know, to be out there in the open, doing something like that, knowing that we have the ability to do it. Versus right. you go to other countries right. that you physically can't do it. Right. You know, it's I, not, I've, not allowed or whatever. No, you know, you know so. I, I, I've told you guys stories about being in in other areas right. where you know people live on a river that that have. Uh, uh, three or four hundred thousand fish going by, and they physically can't fish them legally. Yep. Because governmental wise, the they yeah. were not able to do that. Right. Unless you were a fisheries biologist or something to do with the hunting and fishing society, we 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 take a lot for granted. Yeah, we, we really do. do. People don't understand that. I guess the thing I like about it, besides all that, yes, it is a privilege for sure but that you just when you're out there and you're experiencing all that you're part of it though because now yeah, yeah. now you're going to be the a predator you know and that's that's sure. the but but it's 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 not even not even quote being a predator it, it's being being out there seeing what exists being able to to do what it is we're doing right 
having that ability to to just be out there and on top of it you know the 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 creme de la creme is you know seeing an animal being able to shoot being able to do these things having that ability there's a lot of areas in the world that you just can't Mm -hmm. do that yeah really cool interview really good show yeah we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here wrap it up but uh we'll be back next week and again we're gonna get back on a little bit regular schedule now that we're out of show season but, Thank uh, God. Yeah. Well, we're for, you, gonna, for you guys. Hopefully by uh, next week we'll have some news for you about us uh, actually fishing. So um, <laughs> yeah, something to actually report that we there did the outdoors. Go. Yeah. Well, uh, you'll have to stay tuned to us on uh, on social media. But uh, we will uh, take off, go refill our uh, special coffee, and uh, let you get on with your day. So until next week, we will talk to you later.